This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, the Grain Commission says farmers will receive full payment for grain delivered to CanPulse Foods and Global Grain Canada. The two companies went into receivership last November. We have the March forecast for spring runoff, and the outlook is below normal for southern Saskatchewan. And Saskatchewan farm cash receipts surpass Ontario to lead the nation. The Olimel plant reopens today in Red Deer. A new high-tech agri-food research centre is being set up in Saskatoon. And farm research in Indian Head gets a big boost. We hear about a new online resource connecting farmers and consumers. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. The Canadian Grain Commission says there will be full compensation for eligible producers who were not paid for grain delivered to CanPulse Foods and Global Grain Canada. The Grain Commission suspended their licenses at the end of October and the two companies were placed into receivership on November 19th. All of those assets, including a pulse processing facility at Kindersley, are now under new ownership. Following a review of individual producer claims, it was determined that there were 40 eligible claims totaling over $3 million for CanPulse Foods. There were another 13 eligible claims for Global Grain Canada totaling nearly $700,000. All of those claims were fully covered by the security posted by the two companies. The latest Water Security Agency runoff forecast shows below normal runoff along a band encompassing Regina, Swift Current and North Battleford. Patrick Boyle with the Water Security Agency says most of the far south, including Assiniboia, Estevan and Weyburn, are anticipated to receive well below normal runoff. Right now, uh, we're, we're looking at Regina kind of uh, corridor there is, is in that below normal category. And then sort of around Regina is, is well below normal. Um, so it's gonna, we're looking at a fairly dry conditions here uh, this spring. And, um, you, you know, there's uh, uh, varying conditions across many different uh, parts of the province. But really, uh, most, for the most part, the southern part of Saskatchewan is in that below normal to well below normal category. There are some areas that are close to normal in what central and the southwest corner? Yeah, if you're looking at the, there's kind of a band that goes around Kindersley Rosetown area that's near normal, and then from Saskatoon uh, up to Prince Albert, Melfort, Nipawin, and, and that was in that near normal category. And we were doing some snow surveys and checking that moisture content in the snow or the snow water equivalent, and, and that helped us kind of determine where those pockets are and, and getting a better look at things. But, you know, generally we're, we're going to be uh, below normal in most portions, and then looking at fairly dry conditions in that move. Cinnaboya, kind of down to Valmarie, Cornac areas. So I take it there will be no flooding this spring that's expected? 
Well, you know, we never say never, Jim, because those those spring rains have, have taught us otherwise. But uh, right now, if, if we assume our normal conditions going forward here, we're looking at a, a fairly uneventful uh, spring runoff this year, uh, you know, excluding the, the far north, which is going to be above normal. Not a huge situation up there, kind of looking at that south end and Uranium City, Stony Rapids. But essentially, most of the province is, is going to be fairly quiet for runoff this year. How do surface water supplies look? Well, if you look at some of those surface water supplies, um, you know, most of the areas across Saskatchewan here, um, the larger reservoirs are going to meet their needs for 2021. Uh, some of those smaller reservoirs, those dugouts, you know, producers might have, we might see some shortages in some of those areas. Um, if we don't see more snowpack here going forward. So that kind of, that south-southeast area of Saskatchewan, you know, we, we're keeping an eye on some of those and just something for producers to start looking at here uh, going forward as far as water use and supply. But weather can change all this. You know, there's still uh, a potential we could get some more snow here in March and uh, rainfall, but that's always kind of the variable at the forecast here uh, so far. But I think what we're going to see here over the next week or so with these warm temperatures is, is a lot of water start moving and melting. Um, and then we might get into uh, looking at some more rainfall and how does that factor in while that's happening. Patrick Boyle is with the Saskatchewan Water Security Agency. Saskatchewan surpassed Ontario in total farm cash receipts in 2020 due to higher crop sales and prices. Stats Canada reports Saskatchewan farm cash receipts at $16.6 billion, or about $500 million more than Ontario. For the year, farm cash receipts were up 18% in our province. There were double-digit increases year-over-year for canola, wheat, durum, barley and peas. However, by far the biggest difference in Saskatchewan was lentils. 2019 sales of lentils generated $867 million. Last year, it was $1.87 billion. That's because India reduced its tariff rate in June for a few months, which resulted in higher sales. The vast majority of Canadian lentils are grown in Saskatchewan. On the other side of the ledger, national cash receipts for livestock were down 0.8% last year. The largest decline occurred for cattle and calves, which were down 5.2%. COVID challenges at processing plants and a decline in marketings to the U.S. were the main factors. The Olimal pork plant in Red Deer is resuming slaughter operations today. The plant was shut down just over two weeks ago after an outbreak of COVID-19. Olimal says slaughter operations resumed today after new safety measures were put in place and approved by Alberta Health. Olimal adds cutting room operations will resume tomorrow. Yesterday, the company started recalling workers to take part in training sessions covering all new health measures and the reopening plan. Additional staff have been assigned to monitor and enforce the health measures with social distancing protocols and other safety measures. Although 1,370 employees at the Red Deer plant have been tested since the start of the year, Alberta health officials will be on site when operations resume and will offer rapid testing to anyone who has not tested positive and wishes to be tested. Olimel plant supply teams are also in contact with Alberta hog farmers to plan the gradual resumption of deliveries. A new high-tech agri-food research centre is being set up at the Global Institute for Food Security in Saskatoon. The Institute's Executive Director, Steve Webb, says the Engineering Biology Agri-Food Innovation Centre will use cutting-edge research to advance agriculture. He says the centre has received $3.2 million from a federal government foundation. The award from the CFI is, we're using it to purchase equipment that will be, that will actually enable 
the engineering biology platform. And engineering biology is a critical enabler to the global bioeconomy, which is expected to reach between two to four trillion dollars in the next, you know, 10 to 20 years. The platform engineering biology has and will continue to disrupt almost all the business verticals like health, ag and food, material science and environment. And the award is a portion of the uh, capital required to build the platform, which is estimated around $9.2 million. This will be a, a key node in Canada's emerging engineering biology network. There's a foundry, if you will, something like this at Concordia University that's focused largely on health applications. We'll be the first of its kind in ag and food in Canada. So what do you hope to develop in the agriculture area? Well, we have a number of areas of interest. One is, as you know, with what we do in Western Canada is we're really good at producing, you know, pulse crops that become, you know, are both exported and undergo further processing to become uh, meat alternatives, protein-based meat alternatives. One of the key things that we see the engineering biology platform is being able to support is the development of new ingredients and flavors that would go into those pulse-based meat alternatives. The other thing that we see is the development of enzymes to help with processing and again tied to back to the province's growth plan to add significant revenue from value add. We see the engineering biology platform as being an enabler of key tools and technologies to enhance food processing and manufacturing here in Canada. Other things that we're very interested in is the application of the platform to improve crops and biologics or microbial-based systems, and also to enable us to discover new natural products for better herbicides, fungicides, and insecticides for producers here in Canada and around the world. So what do you see are the key benefits to farmers? Well, the key benefits to farmers is really what the platform does is accelerate our ability to discover, develop, and deliver solutions. It's really about us being able to harness the power of automation, miniaturization, computational power, and biology to create new and better tools and technologies like herbicides, fungicides, insecticides, new plant varieties, faster, new seed treatments based on microbial treatments. There's so much we can get to farmers with this tool and technology. Yeah, I read through this and I go, this is really high-tech, futuristic research work. You're talking about robots. We're talking about, yes, we're talking about automation and machine learning and the whole thing. This, this is something that we need to recognize that here in Canada, we're, this is a great investment that the, the government has made and, we will, and support that we will get to build out this platform is great. But recognize that our peer countries like the U.S., U.K., Japan, the European Union, Singapore have all been investing in this space. This represents the fourth industrial revolution. So it's a key element to national economic growth and sustainability, too. And this is it is really cool. I mean, I, I'm a nerd and it is very cool to be able to be able to apply this technology platform and paradigm to driving science and new innovation for growers. Steve Webb is the executive director of the Global Institute for Food Security at the University of Saskatchewan in Saskatoon. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. 
This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147. You know, there's days where you you go to the newspaper and you, you read a column and you say, oh, I wish I would have wrote that. That is good. Our next guest did exactly that. It is Sean Spear. He is foreign policy advisor in the Harper government. He is also currently fellow in residence at the Public Policy Forum. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine, Sean. Thanks for having me on the program today. Yeah, it's great to chat with you. So you wrote a great column in the National Post entitled, Farming Industry is Cutting Edge, but Trudeau and O'Toole Prefer to Celebrate Smallness. What do you mean by that? Well, I, I should preface my comments, Sean, by saying, you know, I feel a bit self-conscious here. I'm, I'm a bit of an imposter in the world of agriculture and agricultural policy. These aren't my areas of, of expertise, but I, I felt compelled to write something in response to the political statements put out by Prime Minister Trudeau and Conservative Party Aaron O'Toole uh, in response to Canadian Agriculture Day, you know, about a, a week or 10 days ago. Uh, you know, I know enough about the agriculture sector to know that it's world leading with regards to innovation and uh, techn- technology, technology adoption and, you know, global market share and a number of commodities. You know, it seems to me that the real story here is that this is a, uh, a Canadian global champion. And yet, if you listen, if you read uh, the statements from Mr. Trudeau and Mr. O'Toole, you wouldn't have gotten any of that. Instead, you know, it seemed to me that they set their sights too low. You know, it conveyed a message that uh, I think underestimated um, just how dynamic and cutting edge and world leading Canada's agriculture sector is. And I wanted to kind of challenge both our policymakers, but the industry itself um, to sort of rethink how we uh, we talk and we project um, you know, the, the, the extraordinary strengths of um, Canadian agriculture. Well, you, you mentioned Canada's lack of ambition and the role that complacency is currently playing in, in politics and broader society. Uh, in the opening paragraph, I'll just read from, from, the, from the column. We are, uh, are, we are too often apprehensive, self-conscious, and inclined to cast our sights in the local and familiar rather than the global and unknown. Canadians can fall victim to a collective case of stereotypical Canadianism. <laughs> what, what, what is Canadianism? Well, there's, you know, I, I think we have a tendency to be self-effacing, self-deprecating. You know, part of that is our proximity to the United States. And, you know, the Americans have a stereotypical, stereotypical arrogance and kind of brashness. And, you know, that can have negative aspects. But one of the positive aspects, I think, Sean, is that it enables them to be ambitious and to set their sights high. And I just think that that's something that's lacking in our political conversation in Canada um, and, and as I say, I think that was reflected in these statements that the, our different political leaders issued in response to Canadian Agriculture Day. If I was writing the statements for Mr. Trudeau or Mr. O'Toole, I would have talked about the fact that, it, you know, that the agriculture sector is over a $100 billion part of our economy, that um, we're the fifth largest global exporter. And in fact, in several commodities, we're tops in the world. I mean, it, it, it just seems so odd to me, Sean, that it, you know, these statements missed all of that and, and said, you know, spoke to important issues about local supply chains and, and these sorts of things. But, I, you know, I think it, it reflected this um, tendency on the part of our political leaders not to 
be bold and ambitious and instead to be kind of small and complacent. Do, do you think this is another example of politicians not really paying attention to something like the Barton Report? Because it, that you know, he in the Barton Report, he talked about the opportunity that was there for agriculture. I think that's certainly part of it, Sean. Um, you, you know, just think about it. Um, if 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 we were celebrating Canadian Auto Sector Day, um, the statements that our political leaders put out wouldn't be talking about you know providing cars for the domestic market. It would be talking about how the sector is cutting edge and globally oriented, and so on. And so there is a kind of disconnect here um, that we talk in those terms with respect to aerospace or autos and so on, but not agriculture. When the truth is, as you say, the Barton Commission and just the evidence shows that, you know, if you were to identify the one part of the economy where we truly are global leading, um, it would be agriculture. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And the Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, mainly sunny sky, wind southeast 20, the high plus 6, the low minus 5. Friday, mainly sunny, wind southeast 30, the high 7 degrees. Wind chill minus 13 tomorrow morning, the low minus 2. Saturday, sunny, the high 13, the low minus 3. Sunday, sunny, the high plus 6, the low minus 5. Monday, partly cloudy, the high plus 8, 60%. Chance of evening flurries Monday, the low minus 4. Tuesday, cloudy, 60%. Chance of flurries, the high 0, the low minus 9. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 2. Normal high for this date, minus 3. The normal low, minus 15. The sun rose at 7.36 this morning. It sets at 6.44 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, and it's also the Canadian hot spot today, Maple Creek at plus 13. The cold spot in Saskatchewan, Stony Rapids up north, minus 14. Estevan, plus 2. Saskatoon, minus 5. Swift Current, plus 5. Weyburn, plus 4. Yorkton, minus 3 degrees. In Regina, with sunny skies, it's plus 2. That's 36 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the east-southeast at 21. Humidity is 74%. The barometer rising, 102.4. Sunny and Moose Jaw, plus 4. Winds are from the east at 11. Once again, Regina, sunny and 2. That's 36 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. A group of farmers have come up with an online resource to help consumers better understand where their food comes from past president of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association, Sherilyn Jolly-Nagel of Mossbank, says the website is called utensil.ca. 
there's a surprisingly low number of people today that have a connection to agriculture. They haven't been to a farm before. They're disconnected from the operations. They're disconnected from the people that grow their food. So it's with these urban cousins, if you will, that the utensil.ca resource has been built. It's been built for them. So yes, colleagues of mine out west, Crystal Mackay and Andrew Campbell, both you know, celebrities in the agriculture communication space, you know, they kind of came up with this concept of having an online resource for people to go to when they need a better understanding of the agriculture and food and farming industry. So as part of the utensil.ca platform, there's various aspects in there that members can utilize. So there's an online guide, which is like a plain language guide, a dictionary, if you will, of over 500 terms that we use in agriculture on a regular basis, <laughs> but, but the general public doesn't always understand. And that's, you know, words like crops and acres and commodities and combines and things that we just rattle off because it's so, it's so much a part of our everyday. But the truth is, you know, the majority of the public don't know what we're talking about. So there's a guide portion to it. There's also a 101 resource, which has scads of, of small, like one to three minute quick videos that people can go to if they have a quick question. So you'll find a whole section called three things. In there, you'll have, you know, three things to know about chicken farming in Canada, three things to know about grain bags, three things to know about the pulse industry. Real quick and easy ways that people can up their level of general knowledge. There's a... Um, uh, what's the difference section? So what's the difference between hay and straw? I'm going to talk to a cattle farmer. What's the difference between beef and veal? I need to know right away. They can jump on there and have a quick little video that will just give them some quick and easy information about that. The third section that's my part of the outreach and the training program is a new online training program that I'm co-hosting. And it's titled, So Your Client is a Farmer. And it was designed to help support individuals and companies to strengthen their knowledge about agriculture and food and, in general, be more successful in their business relationships with farmers. You know, <laughs> we're a tricky bunch, farmers, and we admit it. And there's just certain expectations that farmers have of the people that we do business with. So this is, is hopefully going to be a resource for people to, to guide them in better business relationships with farmers. Once again, the website is called utensil.ca. That's Sherilyn Jolly-Nagel. She farms near Mossbank. Tune to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. The Western Grains Research Foundation is providing $727,000 to the Indian Head Agricultural Research Foundation in Indian Head. The executive director of the Western Grains Research Foundation, Garth Patterson, says the funds will be put to good use in several areas of crop research. WGF has uh, announced today that we're providing uh, $727,000 to the Indian Head Agriculture Research Foundation. And uh, this is going to support them in equipment and infrastructure for their research program out at Indian Head. And it's going to include uh, equipment ranging from analytical and processing equipment 
to some field equipment as well as uh, weather stations, a drone, a plot combine, and a drying shed. What type of research will this support? IHARF is very well known for the applied research they do in answering uh, crop production questions that farmers had have. They have a, a very strong foundation there that's farmer-directed. There's also additional funding actually coming from their foundation as well as SAS Canola for this. So we expect they'll continue to do research that answers uh, very questions that are in the forefront of farmers' minds related to crop nutrition, pest management, crop rotation, those types of questions. So you see this is important for ongoing crop research? It certainly is, and it is part of our $32 million capacity initiative across Western Canada where we're putting funding in place for both people and equipment and buildings to be able to increase the agriculture research capacity. Why so much interest in research for farmers? Well, farmers have been uh, very supportive of research for decades. And if, if you look at the data, at least in Canada and the U.S., there's always a good return on investment from both public dollars and farmer dollars in doing not only, in our case, crop research, but it goes larger than that. Garth Patterson is the executive director of the Western Grains Research Foundation. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall's Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices were showing upward movement in early trading today. Canola jumped $26.70 at $743.67. Number one red spring wheat rose $221 at $284.92. The rest were unchanged. Durham $312.32. Feed barley $253.72. Flax $838.80. Lentils $644.50. Oats, $229.53. Yellow peas, $392.89. Feed wheat, $238.84. The Minneapolis spring wheat May futures are up four and a quarter cents at six forty-seven and a quarter cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Mark Report for the week of March the 4th. Another large sale here this week with 2,500 head in the sort, 350 cows and bulls, a total of 2,850 for the week. Cows and bulls selling just a couple of cents lower than last week, but still a respectable price. Listen up. D1, D2 cows, 75 to 85, sales to 86, 87. D3 cows, 65 to 75. The cows are averaging 78.50. Good bulls, 92 to 102, sales to 106, 107. The bulls are averaging 92 cents. On to the pre-sort sale. Yesterday's uh, sale, uh, selling pretty much steady with last week. 425 pound steers, 267. 500 pound steers, 253. 570 pound steers, 238. 650 pound tan steers, 218. My favorite pen, 710 pound tan steers, $2. 800 pounders, 181. And 900-pound red black exotic steers at 174. On to the heifer side. 500-pound heifers, 214. 580s, 197. 
650-pound tan heifers, 187. 720-pound red black exotic heifers, these are re replacement quality type. They topped out at 171. 780-pound heifers, 165. And 850-pound heifers, 160. The bread cow and heifer sale scheduled for Friday, March the 12th, has been canceled. Our next bread cow and heifer sale will be Friday, March the 26th. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Latest pork prices, 187.77 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. A new United Nations report estimates 17% of the food produced globally each year is wasted, far more than previous estimates. That amounts to 931 million metric tons of food. Researchers found 61% of the waste happens in households, while food service accounts for 26% and retailers 13%. Food waste is a growing concern because of the environmental toll, and experts say improved waste tracking is key to finding ways to ease the problem, such as programs to divert inedible scraps to use as animal feed or fertilizer. The Biden administration has an ambitious agenda for expanding renewable energy. Last year was a record year for wind and solar power installations. Members of the industry also believe Biden's expected focus on new environmental regulations will make wind and solar power more competitive against old stalwarts such as coal. On the markets, Canada's main stock index was down in late morning trading as the technology, industrial and metals and mining sectors lost ground while U.S. stock markets were mixed. The TSX Composite Index was down 52 points at 18,268, despite strength in the energy sector, which was helped by a rising price for oil. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 45 points at 31,315. The Canadian dollar traded at 79.34 cents U.S., compared with 79.17 cents on Wednesday. The April crude oil contract was up 296 at $64.24 per barrel. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. It's brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.